Welcome to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Wargle, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for the Rivals.com network. And we're just over two weeks away from the season opener for Wisconsin football playing Illinois at Camp Randall Stadium. And the Badgers have a quarterback competition. Big news coming out of Madison this week with senior Jack Cohn breaking his foot or suffering a foot injury, I should say having surgery earlier this week and being out indefinitely. What does this mean for Wisconsin? Well, the much-hyped Graham Mertz will likely get the start when the Badgers take on the Illini later this month. I'll play back some of the conversation that the media had with Graham Mertz on Thursday during a Zoom session. And our guest this week will be former Wisconsin quarterback Bart Houston. Bart knows quite a bit about quarterback competitions in camp. He knows a lot about quarterback changes midseason. We're going to talk about two quarterback systems. We're going to talk about Paul Chris offense. And we'll reminisce a little bit going down memory lane uh, with Mr. Houston here in just a little bit. But we have to go a little bit more in depth on this injury to Jack Cohen because you look at Wisconsin's offense and so many things had to be replaced entering the season. There's no more Jonathan Taylor, and there's really no running back, at least from what we're, the news that we're hearing out of camp, that has separated themselves to be that workhorse tailback. It's going to be a, a committee approach this season for Wisconsin, at least early on between Garrett Groshek, Nakia Watson, and even Isaac Garendo. You look at the wide receiver spot, Quintus Cephas led Wisconsin in every wide receiving category a season ago, and he is no longer at Wisconsin. A.J. Taylor, those slot receiver that played you know, pretty well at that position, he has graduated. And so Wisconsin now has a lack of depth at that spot. And the Badgers really don't quite know what they have in Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, two seniors who have flashed at times, but I would probably say took significant steps back last season. Wisconsin's got Jake Ferguson, probably their best offensive weapon right now, But there's really no solid tight end presence behind him. And you look at this offensive line, while the tackle positions look to be fairly solidified, Wisconsin has to replace all three interior offensive line positions. So there's a lot of things, a lot of new moving parts that Wisconsin needs to figure out. And you didn't get the sense that it was going to be all that bad, considering Jack Cohn would be returning for his senior season, people kind of knock Cone a little bit, but you look at his numbers and he had a fantastic junior season. He led Wisconsin to the Big Ten Championship game and the Rose Bowl. He threw for over 2,700 yards last year, which is the third most in a single season at UW. He completed nearly 70% of his passes and most importantly, he took care of the ball. 18 touchdowns to just five interceptions. And talking to Garrett Groshek last week, he said that Cohen had stepped up as a leader. And he, and Groshek said, quote, I think a lot of it came from the respect for the way he has been playing. Guys know they can look to him when whether it is for answers or energy or things like that because Jack is always so consistent and brings that same juice every day. And now Wisconsin is not going to have that power under center. So where does Wisconsin turn? Well, the obvious choices were either going to be Chase Wolf, who made his college debut last season in the opener and finished off two other games for Wisconsin, or Graham Mertz, the MVP of the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, who made his highly anticipated debut during the non-conference schedule last season and played in two games. He went 9 for 10 for 73 yards. 
You look at Mertz, and without question, he's been viewed as the future of the position for the Badgers for the last couple seasons. And people wanted him to play last year, but it was obvious to those of us who watched practice that Mertz wasn't ready. But there was flashes. There was a lot of really good potential that Mertz showed during spring practice in fall camp back when they had such things and media was allowed to watch them. And speaking with Mertz on Thursday, he admitted that over the last two years, whether it be in group or one-on-one sessions, he saw the structures of defense with greater ease as well as where pressures and were coming from and how they affect coverages and rotations. And the quicker that he's picked up those tendencies, the easier it has become for him to attack the weaknesses of the defense. And we talked to John Bunmar, Wisconsin's quarterback coach as well on Thursday, and asked him, where has Mertz made the most improvement? And here's what he said. I'd say biggest thing is his approach to the game and a lot of it being off the field, uh, being understanding how to study, uh, whether that's the playbook or defenses and I think what that's helped him do is is be able to apply it to on the field. So I'd say I'd say his off the field approach and a lot of that he learned from going through what he went through last year, um, being able to see what a game week looks like and then being able to jump into an off season and um, know what kind of time he has to kind of focus each day, have a different emphasis. And I think that's helped him. He's, he's carried it over to the field. That again, Wisconsin quarterback coach John Budmar, and you look at. The, the kind of the, the makeup here for Wisconsin and Mertz has been taking, according to the coaches, the first team rep since Cone went down on Saturday's practice. So all week it's been Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf has been primarily the number two and Danny Vandeboom has been kind of fitting in here and there. And it's going to be interesting to see what Graham Mertz will bring to the offense. Will he bring that power arm that we saw as a senior in high school where he threw for 3,800 yards and a state record 51 touchdowns? Will he bring a little bit dual threat to his game? Not really known for that, but certainly he's the athlete that has been that has the ability to make those kind of plays. And one thing we know he's going to bring is confidence. When he spoke to us, he's at a high, high level of confidence. He's ready for this opportunity. Here's a little bit of what Graham Mertz had to say earlier on Thursday. There, there we go. Uh, Graham, where would you say you, you've improved the most, either you know, from the end of last season to, to now uh, getting all the reps with the ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say recently it's been just like overall comfortability with the offense and uh, really just owning that leadership role in the huddle and like really just know where I'm going with the ball whenever, like versus different coaches and all that stuff. So I think that just that's been the consistent growth for me. And now it's like it's at a place where I'm very confident where I'm going with the ball and how I'm doing that, how I'm throwing guys open. So I'd, I'd say that's the biggest thing. Yeah, Graham, obviously we don't know. I don't think anyone really knows how long Jack is going to be out. But if come that first game you're walking on the field as the starter, in your mind, why do you what you what have you done? to prepare yourself for this moment and are you ready and eager for it? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, the past couple of years, I think, or the past two years, I guess, I feel like I've, every day I've been trying to prep like I'm the starter. I, I think that's how it has to be for starters and backups. Like you, you just, everybody's got to prep because you never know. And I think, uh, right now I'm, I'm very confident in my ability to win games here. And I think that, uh, practice has been gr- going great in that sense. And I feel like, like we're ready to go. I'm, I'm excited for it. Hey Graham, uh, I know in the past you've said that you mostly stay away from social media during the season. 
but the excitement and expectations uh, for you are pretty much off the charts. It's something we've really never seen around here before. Uh, do you ever feel the weight of those expectations, uh, especially now that you could be making your first start here in a couple weeks? Uh, it's still the same. I, I really don't look at it a ton. I mean, uh, obviously people mention it to me and stuff like that, but for me, I, I just try to focus on what I can what I can control, and that's like worth work ethic and just knowing like, all right, game week, you played football your whole life, like just go out and execute. I think the biggest thing for me right now is just execution and playing with that confidence that I had in high school, and I think that finally hitting that stride right now with the offense. You mentioned some of the ways you thought you'd improved over the last year. I was just wondering, after at the end of last season, what were some of the things the coaches told you about what where they wanted you to get better, what they wanted you to work on in the offseason? Kind of, how did you kind of attack that? Yeah, I think you can always always comes down to execution. And the more more touchdowns you score, the more games you win. I think that the biggest thing for us is just, or back last year was, all right, how do we execute and how do you continually execute and be consistent with it? And consistency was probably the biggest thing that they said like you know what you can do but just be consistent with it and, and that that will take care of itself well there was as a junior at blue valley north or last year as a freshman at wisconsin how do you approach uh, ingratiating yourself with a new group of guys and making sure they trust you for whatever the time do- does come that you're the start yeah i think uh the biggest thing is just showing it on field and showing in the locker room and, and knowing how to lead knowing how you can't not everyone is like no one takes leadership the same way. Like everybody has their own little mold, and you get on one guy, you can't yell at one guy. You got to just kind of find that happy balance. And I think that the biggest thing right now for me just to build that trust is to execute and practice. And um, I feel like the past week's been great. I feel like the guys have really kind of brought me in, and, and we're all confident in what we can do. And I think that we're all excited for it. Hey Graham, I was curious uh, when we were talking to Coach. He sort of mentioned. You know, you maybe one of the bigger things over the last year was you learning how to study defenses and study playbooks sort of at, at the college level, right, and do things sort of the way that they do it at Wisconsin. I was curious what that what that meant for you. What were you sort of – what did you learn as far as what to watch on film, how to study, and how did you kind of do that this offseason? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest areas that I've grown. And I think that uh, Coach Bud, just like one-on-one meetings and stuff like that, and – biggest thing for me is just seeing structure defense and then seeing pressures and how pressures affect coverage and you know, the entire rotation and all that stuff so I think the biggest thing was just seeing seeing the structure seeing what happens and then how you react to that structure and how you attack that structure based on what they're giving you I think that there's a lot of voids that you can find in a bunch of coverages and in our offense and I think that right now we're hitting those right now and I'm pumped about it Graham obviously you know, this is why you came to Wisconsin. You want to be the starter. Um, you have your shot now. Has there been a moment where you let that excitement kind of seek into your mind? And then if so, how have you kind of quickly flushed that and be like, all right, you know, I, I got to, you know, settle down a little bit and focus on what I have to do. Yeah, I feel like for me, um, the excitement will come when it's, when it's game day. And I know that we're there and it's go time. But I've just been prepping every day, attacking every day like I have for the past year and haven't changed anything in my mindset. And I think that that's how it has to be. And then when game day comes, it will take care of itself. And uh, what you want to happen will happen if you make it happen before that, before the game. <laughs> hey, Graham, what other guys on offense have stood out to you so far? Oh, I'd go on for days about this one. Um, the biggest thing right now is playmakers. And we got some, we got some depth at receiver, like, 
bunch of young guys, uh, Steph Bracey, Devin Chandler, Isaac Smith. Like the young guys, they're learning, but they're grasping onto a bunch of stuff. And um, I heard uh, people were talking about Chim a little bit, but to be completely honest, he's not that good. We don't like him at all. No, I'm kidding. Chim, Chim's a great guy, and uh, I love his approach. I think that the way he's been working and the questions he's asked are is definitely beyond his age. And um, no, he, he's going to be a great one here. But and then you look at the older guys, and you got uh, you got KP, you got Danny, you got Ferg, you got Jalen Franklin, Clay Cundiff, a bunch of dudes that can go get the ball. And then um, speed out of the backfield, strength out of the backfield with Kiki and Isaac and Grosh, and that O line's looking great. So. Um, you want me to keep going on for days? I can. <laughs> yeah, Graham, um, we talked to John Budmeyer about the emphasis on ball security, especially with some younger quarterbacks who haven't played as much. I don't know if you remember that Illinois game last year. That's going to be your first opponent. They turned the ball, turned you guys over a lot. Tell us about your views on ball security and, and how John emphasized it in, in meetings, you know, video prep, and practice. And it's all about the ball. You put the ball on the ground, you lose games. And um, put the ball in the end zone, you win games. So I, I think the biggest thing, like, past couple of weeks that we've had uh, the emphasis on is just knowing that ball is everything. And when we have miscommunications, we put throw interceptions, you put it on the ground, like, nothing good comes out of that stuff. And um, the ball is everything. You want to win games, score touchdowns. <laughs> don't don't fumble it. <laughs> hey, Graham, when you're not playing, whether it was, you know, well, like, most recently last year, what do you do for yourself to kind of stay sane and stay locked in? I mean, I know you're always one play away from going in, but after 12, 13, 14 games last year, that didn't happen. What What did you do? How did you find an outlet, I guess, uh, your, your first year uh, as a college student? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me when, when I wasn't playing was, uh, like I said, just preparing every day like you're the starter and uh, knowing that in the back of your head that you're always one play away and uh, just ever, always having that, like, never flinch mentality, like, Something happens. I'm going. To, I'm going in. I'm good to go. I feel like, like right now, it's with the Jack. It's such an unfortunate situation. Like, love the guy, and you hate to see it happen to him. But got to have that never flinch mentality and just go in and execute. Yeah. What have you learned from Jack being his backup, and what can you take away from him as you now prepare to be a starter? Yeah, Jack is a fantastic decision maker. He knows every coverage where he's going with the ball, and um, th that's one area where last season I. I needed to work on that and uh, seeing him play and then in the film room, like that's one area that he helped me a ton and, and continues to help me here. So um, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. He, he helped me grow a ton in that area too, along with coach Bud and coach Chris. And coach Bud Meyer mentioned your note taking and some that kind of stuck out to him in the meetings and other things. What are the maybe a couple of points that you're looking at as you're watching film of yourself or what are some of those notes that you try to take each meeting? I, I try to take notes on everything. I mean, uh, for me, it's like you go through the meeting, you get a bunch of coaching points, and you can probably grasp on a couple of things. But if you write down everything and go back and look over it the next couple of days, and you'll keep catching on to more and more points. So I feel like, especially as a quarterback, the more notes you can take, the more things you can like grasp onto, and always having that, like I call it a sponge mindset, and just always wanting to soak things in. And um, I think that's the biggest thing a quarterback needs to do. And I, I feel like this past couple of weeks that my note-taking has been a uh, – coming in handy for me and I'll, I'll be ready to go but I'm uh I'm ready to go it'll be fun Mert speaks like a player that was the number 42 prospect in his recruiting class a four-star guy a guy who is not going to shy away from these type of situations but what kind of chemistry will this offense have 
Graham Mertz really hasn't had a ton of time to work with the number ones, but in theory, he has had time to work with Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson, Kendrick Pryor, Garrett Groshek, Nikki Watson, all these players that he will have to rely on uh, to make this offense hum to a degree. Now, Wisconsin's defense is going to be stacked this year, and I don't think we're going to see this Wisconsin offense scoring 30, 40 points a game. I think Wisconsin's going to have more of that uh, grind them out type philosophy. And the other hard thing to gauge, too, is that Wisconsin is jumping right in to Big Ten play. There's no, you know, weak non-conference opponents. There's no Citadel. There's no Tennessee Tech. There's no Northern Illinois. There's no Montana State. Wisconsin is playing a team right away that beat them last year at Big Ten West Point. And then they're going on the road to Lincoln for a very difficult Week 2 game. So there's a lot to be concerned about here for Wisconsin. The good news is, though, is there's still time to get Graham Mertz comfortable with this offense. There's still time to get other players comfortable with Mertz. And certainly Graham Mertz, as he said, he can't wait to start winning games here. That first opportunity is likely to come in just two weeks in a revenge game for the Badgers to kick off 2020. You are listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. My guest this week has a better winning percentage at Lambeau Field than Brett Favre, Bart Starr, and Aaron Rodgers combined. He also led Wisconsin to a win in the Cotton Bowl not too many years ago, and now he's here to wax poetic about Paul Chris, John Budmeyer, and the Wisconsin quarterbacks. He is Bart Houston joined the podcast. Bart, does it feel that long ago that you were triumphant at Lambeau Field and carred off and uh, on people's shoulders and doing Lambeau leaps after being LSU? Does it feel like you know four or five years ago? It feels like forever ago. Uh, <laughs> I finally grew up, got a real job, but now it's always good to uh, you know look back and reminisce about the good times and doing Lambeau leaps. I'm only college quarterback to do it, so let's go. <laughs> Looking, I, I want to focus more on, on what's going on with Jack Cohn, Graham Mertz, and, and Wisconsin football, but I guess since I brought it up, um, it felt like that win for the program was a huge jumping-off point because that was so much talk going into that season was about how tough your schedule was going to be. Michigan, Ohio State, back-to-back weeks when they were top five. Nebraska ended up being top ten. You guys played seven teams in the top 11 that year. And it felt like after the previous two years where you lost to Alabama and you let a win against LSU kind of get away in Houston, that that game, you needed to almost win that game to kind of prove to the outsiders and maybe to yourself that you could compete at that national level against teams that were perceived to be very good. Was, was there any thought or talk of that in the locker room prior to the game? And, and what do you think that win has helped do to the program, which is now consistently considered in the top 15, top 10, year in and year out? Uh, I guess other people talked about it, but, you know, where Coach Chris taught us well, you know, we focus on the game at hand and you can only control what you control you what you can't control. You play at a time and one step at a time and, you know, all those national what national people think, all the accolades, it doesn't matter, so season's over anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess we kinda of proved it proved it to ourselves that hey, we belong on this stage, but that's about it. <laughs> can you kinda of look at what Wisconsin the quarterback room is kind of going through now. Can you kind of empathize with that a little bit, that you kind of have one kind of plan 
heading into the season or heading into game week, and all of a sudden one injury, a bad uh, play, um, inconsistencies, and you have that sudden switch, and suddenly you are thrust into being the starting quarterback. You've been on both sides of that coin in that season where um, – you were the starter, and then the next week you weren't, and then later in the season you were the backup, and then all of a sudden you became the starter due to injury. Can you kind of relate to what Graham Mertz is kind of going through right now with you know two and a half weeks to the opener, and suddenly he's being looked at as the guy to lead this team? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Uh, we've always had the mentality of next man up, and uh, you always be prepared, prepare like you're going to be playing anyway. Uh, that's what a good quarterback does. Um, I haven't met Graham or anything, but I'm sure he's preparing, you know, preparing um, like he'd be playing anyway. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And uh, if it's not Graham, then, you know, uh, Wolf or Brandon Bloom um, is just excited to, one, get football on the way, but excited to see what this quarterback room can do. You obviously have been in that room for a number of years, and you've been – in that room with a number of different players, guys that are similar to you and, and some guys who have different assets and different uh, strengths and weaknesses compared to you uh, when you were at Wisconsin. How much did the offense change or how much was it tweaked depending on who was in there? John Budmeyer talked to the media on Thursday and he said that even with Graham now going in there with his first start, they're not going to change all that much because the installs and the preparation is pretty much the same for all the quarterbacks. Is that, was that pretty accurate during your tenure that it pretty much this is what we do and this is what you're going to do and we're going to kind of stick with that? For the most part, uh, definitely with the uh, the uh, Coach Chris and Coach Bud Meyer, uh, we kept it pretty consistent. Uh, I will say that uh, Tanner McAvoy had a couple more uh, packages than everybody else, but mm-hmm. you know he's a little faster, so we'll get it to him. <laughs> <laughs> huh? But no, everything is pretty consi- pretty consistent. Uh, you know. The game plan is the game plan. You're trying to, uh, you have specific players to open up specific athletes or some receivers, some running backs. Uh, Groshek's going to have a, a couple plays. Uh, everybody's going to have their plays that all the backs need to be prepared for. There was a thought uh, when Jack was healthy that Wisconsin could be a, a two-quarterback offense to a degree, that that was that Paul and John could work in Graham or they could work in Chase Wolf uh, in addition to Jack to kind of give different looks. And I think a lot of people have been clamoring for Graham to play because of all the accolades that comes with him. You played in a two-quarterback offense uh, your senior year uh, with Alex Hornibrook. How, how difficult is that uh, to do? And what are kind of the benefits and what are some of the negatives of having two quarterbacks play um, in – in one game for a team when the, when both are healthy, when it's not injury related and there's that rotation? Uh, you know, it just kind of worked out for us. Uh, there's, I forget who said it, but there's an old, old quote. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But we kind of broke the mold there. Um, and I think it worked because Alex and I were, uh, we meshed together going through each game. I had, my couple plays, he had his couple plays where we'd get in there, get warmed up, uh, and just go out in there and play. Uh, I think our attitude about it was 
the best the best thing for it. Uh, I didn't care. I was up there, just happy to play, happy to be out there, and you know, perform for my teammates, uh, doing everything I could to get the ball to them. Anyway, so uh, but I think Hornibrook and I, we really understood that that's about the team and what we can do to help the team, whether on the sideline or on the field. So we embraced that role. Again, we're talking with Bart Houston here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Bart, when, when Paul was there as as the head coach, how much of the game plan was you and Paul and the quarterback um, sitting down to kind of formulate it? How much was Joe involved? How much were the other offensive coaches involved? Especially for those first handful of games uh, in the non-conference portion. Uh, was it as as heavy as one would think, or was it more so that Paul was overseeing other things too and that he was just kind of you know so-so involved? Because there's a lot of talk about play calling and stuff like that. I was just kind of wanting to get your take on, on how much Paul is involved when it comes to that game planning aspect of it. Oh, he, he game plans every every game. I mean, he, he's starting uh, after the final game of the season. He's already starting on game planning for the next season, um, you know, based on coaching changes and all that. Uh, he's, he's always planning. Uh, past game, run game, uh, I will say he sometimes will leave the run game to, uh, to Rudy, but, you know, he's a passing coach. He's a quarterback coach. <laughs> what did you like about his offense? How was his offense compared to, say, like when you had your cup of coffee with the Raiders? Um, how much was how much was his playbook kind of easy to to digest and easy for to pick up, or was it very complex with different calls and different reads? I thought it was pretty pretty simple to uh, to remember the plays and. Uh, break down all, all the reads and everything. Uh, you know, he does a really good job of breaking it down for, for us quarterbacks. And also, you know, this is a shout-out to Coach Budmeyer, but he's been in, in Coach Chris' quarterback room since whenever he started at Wisconsin, way back when. Um, <laughs> but having that much experience and what the plays are and, how you can attack defenses um, with Coach Budmeyer really, really, truly helped. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, Bart, but I, I've known John a long time. I interviewed John uh, back when he was at uh, Marion Catholic in Illinois, and he was recruited to Wisconsin, so I got to know him that way. You obviously got to know him in the quarterback room on a daily basis because he was the quality control um, coach, which is the unofficial quarterback coach. I think it was his... Uh, I can't remember. It's his third season now. He's just been a part of, I think, the last six coaching staffs. When you were with him, um, and he's still this, this young kid, what did you kind of, what did you kind of glean from him with his ability to kind of be Paul's mouthpiece to a degree? Because John, like you said, he's been in Paul's offense for so many years, not just at Wisconsin but at Pitt. It's like mm-hmm. they're kind of clones of each other to a degree, and it just seems like John has just has a really good grasp of what Paul wants and what Wisconsin needs from that position. Mm-hmm. Well, I, they they're communicating every day, and at least they did when when I was there. Um, offices are right next to each other, so yeah, it's not a far walk to <laughs> run an idea or run a play by. <laughs> by each other, but 
uh, no, they're always communicating, and um, I think they have, I think the best part about their success is having a grasp of who's in, who's in the quarterback room, who's in the receiver room, and what talent uh, is around and on the team. Uh, they really, truly focus on maximizing uh, the talents of, you know, the young athletes on the team. You obviously are a fan of Wisconsin. You watch Wisconsin games. You watched them last year. You got uh, we we talked um, uh, quite a bit uh, about Jack just in, in casual conversation. And you know what impressed you about about Jack and the way that he he didn't really manage the offense. He he just really kind of he thrived in a quiet way just because Jonathan Taylor got so much publicity. You know, he threw for over 2,700 yards. His touchdown-interception ratio was 18-5. to 5. He completed nearly 70% of his passes. He was a really good quarterback for this offense a year ago. What impressed you about him, and what do you think Wisconsin is going to miss the most this year without having him for, you know, it could be a game or it could be the entire season, depending on how, depending on his foot injury? Uh, consistency. I mean, you said you said the numbers yourself. He's seventy percent completion rate. He's always very consistent. I thought that throughout the entire year that he was as consistent. He was the same in the beginning and and throughout the season. So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. We're excited to see what the next next man up can do, but um, hope Jack can. You mentioned you don't you don't know Mertz, but I'm sure you got to watch him a little bit. Uh, I know he played in two games last year, and, and I don't know if you've seen his highlight tape or not. I'm just curious, what kind of stands out about him, and and how difficult is it for a young quarterback to take on a Paul Chris type offense? Uh, well, now he's now he's not young anymore. He's you know a second year freshman, <laughs> mm-hmm. so he should he should have the. Uh, he should have the playbook down for the most part, at least. Um, but I have faith in him that Coach Chris and uh, Johnny have been hammering it into his head that knowing the playbook and knowing how to distribute the ball is very important. But uh, being a year and a half in, he's, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you were like a year and a half in? Because you, like Kim, you enrolled early, I recall. Um, and I know that no, you. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you didn't enroll early, that's right. And you kind of went through some injury problems early on. Um, but do you remember kind of what you were like your second year? Like, Did you think that you had a good grasp of things, or were you kind of behind because you were kind of playing catch-up with the injury bug? Uh, playing, I was playing behind with the injury, uh, the dangerous bug, which was unfortunate, but I was also playing behind because, you know, I had a new playbook to learn. At, uh, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, really, I never had a uh, four years of uh, the same playbook, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, that's really a, didn't you have good a good for Jack and yeah, yeah, good for everybody else. <laughs> didn't you have, like, seven offensive coordinators, too? Didn't you have something insane like that? Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, Canada, Ludwig, and then uh Rudy, but... <laughs> It felt like a lot more, my friend. It felt like a lot more. It felt like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad where the Badgers are at now. So. <laughs> that Cotton Bowl win had to be pretty special for you, too, considering all that you went through. Um, just kind of circling back to you, which I know you love talking about your career. Um, but just, just, going, just going out on that note, I think, had to be 
maybe a little validation for you because you had a really good game then too um, against Western Michigan. Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect wrap wrap up to the season. Um, I forget my stats or whatever. But all, all I care about is that we we're one and zero in the Cotton Bowl. Um, so only only unfortunate thing was right after it, I was thinking, who's next? Oh, great. <laughs> the hardest team to uh, prepare for in your tenure? Who was the hardest Big Ten team to prepare for? Uh, hardest Big Ten team? Uh, Ohio State was always difficult just because they had so many athletes around. Um, so yeah, I'd probably give it to the old Buckeyes. What do you think has been separating Wisconsin and Ohio State the last couple of years? Um, you, you look at Wisconsin hasn't beaten them since uh, that magical game in 2010, so it's been 10 years. The, there's been some ugly ones in there, um, and there's, but there's been a lot of close ones in there, and it's kind of in those games that kind of are highlighted because you lose by seven here, you lose in overtime here. It just shows that there's something just missing. As a former player that's watched this team and knows this Wisconsin team well, what do you think is that one thing that kind of separates Wisconsin? Because that's, if you get through Ohio State, you have a really good chance of winning the Big Ten and then getting into that top four of the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, hats off to Coach Day, and he, he coaches them well. Uh, but that, that, that's a tough program to, tough program to beat. Um, you know, I believe that Coach Chris is almost, we're almost there. We're going to take a few, but, uh, you know, it's all about preparation, and it doesn't matter what, what happened in the past. We just got to keep going on the next play, so next game. For the record, you tied the Cotton Bowl Classic record for completion percentage in a game. Do you remember what you were? I did. You were all 11. I remember is we dropped one. You were you were you were eleven of twelve, ninety one point seven percent for one hundred and fifty nine yards in that victory over Western Michigan. That's not too bad. That's a good way to go on. Eleven of twelve. Yeah, Almost perfect. That's what I'm talking about. We have to find out who you have to find. Out, we have to find out who dropped that one pass that cost you that perfect that perfect game. Uh, I think it was Troy for a touchdown pass, but I, bet, I think I think you're right. <laughs> I think, and, he, and, Troy, oh. and we never heard from Troy Fumagalli again. Yeah, unfortunately. But <laughs> no, it, it. I will say, given a month to prepare for a game, oh man, it changes. You're almost perfect. <laughs> he is Bart Houston. He will join us maybe during the season two. We'll we'll talk about quarterback play. We'll talk about victories. We'll talk about hopefully Wisconsin beating Michigan and Michigan, which might be their toughest game of the year. That's in week four. And then uh, we'll bundle up uh, around the fireplace and drink hot coffee and, and hot chocolate when Wisconsin plays Iowa December 12th. We'll have, we'll have Bart on again. We'll, we'll pay him with some uh, glass nickel pizza in Sun Prairie. How's that sound, Bart? Oh, I look forward to that. That's some good stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Houston. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you, too. That is my conversation with Bart Houston. Always good talking to Bart. I've known Bart ever since the recruiting process out of Concord, California. De La Salle High School. 
a guy who stuck out his commitment to the University of Wisconsin despite all the reasons not to and turned out to be a pretty darn good quarterback, an important quarterback for Wisconsin during that 2016 season, a season that really set the, the groundwork for this kind of resurgence here in the last couple of years that has Wisconsin, except with the exception of that 2018 season, pretty much in the mix for Big Ten championships and in the conversation, certainly, for college football playoff positioning. Something that Wisconsin hopes to be around for for the next several, several years. My thanks to Graham Mertz and John Budmeyer for taking the time to meet with the media on Thursday. And, of course, to Bart Houston, who sounds like he's going to join us during the season to talk Wisconsin football, break down some games and what he sees from his perspective. That'd be good to have him uh, join us. You're just not listening to me talk all the time. For all the latest on Wisconsin football and men's basketball and to read more about Graham Mertz and his uh, probable start in a couple weeks, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation and follow BadgerBlitz on Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. Only two more weekends without Big Ten football until we're back in the swing of things. I can hardly wait to start reporting again from Camp Randall Stadium. Thanks for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.